The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast America is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play Underdog Pick'em for a chance to win 100 times your money. Promo code SGPN at UnderdogFantasy.com for a 100% deposit match. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports fan research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Enter their free Daytona 500 contest for a chance to win $100 cash and a $100 SGPN gift card at sportscampockets.com slash Daytona. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. It is currently early Saturday morning, roughly 1.40 a.m. Eastern Time on February 17th. And we're going to talk about some upcoming semifinal matches in Buenos Aires, Delray Beach, and in Rotterdam. Apologies, the episode's coming out late, but I was waiting for the, uh, for the Delray lines to come out, and they finally came out. So we do have six matches to preview. We're going to talk about each of them, but before we get into any of the semifinal picks, I want to remind everybody to check out the uh, podcast on YouTube if you are listening to this on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. If you want to keep listening to it on Spotify or Apple, then leave a rating and a review. If you are here on YouTube, welcome. And uh, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. Also, a reminder, check out the merch store on the SGPN website for Tennis Gambling Podcast merch, uh, shirts, mugs, etc., to support the show. Now, as for the previous episode, got to recap the lock and dog picks. A reminder, we ended up skipping uh, Delray for the quarterfinals because the lines didn't come out on time, so we did end up skipping Delray, but we are going to recap those matches in a second. For the actual lock and dog picks, overall a decent episode. Ended up winning the lock, but we lost the dog. For the lock, never in doubt, had Dimenauer and Rublev over 22 and a half games at minus 120. Never in doubt. First, I went to a breaker. Rublev went up a break immediately in the second set as Dimenauer eventually won in three, but that was a sweat-free winner for the lock. For the dog, picked up a loss as we had Baez and Coria over two and a half sets at plus 145. Money came in on Baez, and he was absolutely terrible as he ended up getting destroyed in the match. Lost the first set 6-1. Then it seemed like every time Coria got a break and Baez broke back, he would immediately fall apart the following service camp, and Corey ended up just continuously getting the break advantage, and eventually he held on to win 6-4 in the second. I think Baez was minus 700 to win a set, and he lost in straight sets. So that's how he lost the dog, but at least the lock got there. Could be worse, and hopefully we'll pick up a sweep here on Saturday. As for the actual recaps, though, of the quarterfinal matches, going to go in order. Uh, starting off in Rotterdam, you had a very competitive start to the day as Dimitrov ended up beating Shevchenko. We did call Shevchenko plus the games and to win a set, and that did get there. Uh, we thought Dimitrov was pretty live to beat Rublev, and we did like the over in that one. That got there as well. We liked Greek Spore to get the job done against Rusevori. A ton of live movement in favor of Rusevori. I don't know why. I guess the argument was fatigue because Greek Spore had a marathon against her catch the day prior, and Rusevori ended up beating Struff easily in the previous round. Didn't matter. Greek Sport was 4-0 head-to-head, and now he's 5-0 head-to-head because he ended up winning 7-5-7-6. We did a a pick Greek Sport to win that one, so that worked out well. And unfortunately for us, we were on pace for a clean sweep in Rotterdam, but Rayonich got injured. We called Rayonich plus four and a half games. We thought that he would end up serving well enough to cover, probably losing in straight sets, and we got the exact script we needed as Sinner won the first set 7-6. But Rayonich ended up getting injured on a winner as he hurt his leg, unfortunately for him, because he's battled so many injuries, and he had to retire. So Sinner ended up winning. Uh, if you got the money line, you won. First set tiebreak, you won. Anything else, you got nothing. Uh, but you probably got your money back because every other bet voided. But it was pretty sad to see 
Rayonis get injured again, and it is what it is. So had a very good Rotterdam episode, and hopefully that carries over into the semis. For Delray, we did not cover it, but I'll still cover it right now. Ended up seeing Paul win in straight sets, Tiafa won in straight sets, Giron won in straight sets, and Fritz won in straight sets. So no drama whatsoever as the favorite won in straight sets in all four matches. So probably a good thing we didn't talk about it because... I would have leaned to the favorites anyway. Uh, Thompson, I thought, would give Paul a better run for his money than he actually did. But Paul's been in great form. Uh, Tiafo beat Caboli is what it is. Tiafo had a bit of a struggle there against Albert in the late-night final uh, in that one uh, the previous round, uh, but ended up responding well as he beat Caboli in straight sets. Uh, Kipson made a good run, uh, but Giron's the better player, and it was a competitive 6-4, 6-4. And Fritz is the best player here. He's had a very good start to the year. We saw it in the Australian Open, taking a set of Djokovic, making a relatively respectable run, and that's carried over as he beat Hitchikata 6-3, 6-3, as he looks to defend his title. So nothing really to recap there for Delray. Pretty straightforward. And for Buenos Aires, you had... A pretty solid episode by us. We had a Costa Diaz, we had Diaz Acosta uh, beating Lahovich. He ended up doing so in straight sets. Did get the Coria and Baez match wrong. I thought Baez would win in three, and I'm a bit shocked Baez lost in straight sets. Alcaraz, I thought, would win in straight sets, but I did think Vavasori would probably get killed. First set was very was very entertaining, actually, uh, but Alcaraz got the job done, and then Vavasori had nothing left after the... Uh, 6-5 game for him because he went down 6 nothing in the breaker and then immediately went down, I think it was 4 or 5 nothing in the second set and lost 6-1. And then you had a heartbreaker uh, to end the uh, actual tennis slate in Buenos Aires because Echeverry was up 6-4 in the first set, was up, uh, it was, I should say it was pretty neck and neck for the second set. Then unfortunately for him, Jari ended up breaking to end the second set and Echeverry said no mas and ended up retiring as he was battling an injury, and Jari did get the win via retirement. So if you ended up having Echeverry Moneyline, pretty rough for you. If you had the over two and a half sets, I think you actually pushed, even though it was automatically going to win, because I believe you need one point to be completed in the third set for the bet to stand. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure over two and a half set bets did not cash, even though it got there but it technically didn't get there because the third set didn't start. So that's a bit of a heartbreaker, uh, but Echeverry ended up losing, and Jari does advance to the semifinals. But a pretty interesting set of matches. It's kind of weird, though, because after the first two matches in Rotterdam, every other match ended in two sets. So that is kind of unfortunate. Is what it is, though. Had a pretty good episode, and hopefully we'll end up keeping it uh, rolling here for the semifinals. I see Catfish mentioning the 11-1 prop. In the Discord, a reminder, if you are new to SGPN, welcome. We have a Discord server free to enter, and we also have a tennis channel for that, and I do give out some plays and some leans on there as well. I did give out a lean. Uh, it was a screenshot, actually, for one book that was offering Sinner and Rionich each set, each of the first two sets, to go to a breaker, and that was available at 11-1. to First set got there. They were on serve at 1-1, and then Rayonich got injured, so the bet got voided. But I did mention that as well, and unfortunately for us, Rayonich did get injured, is what it is. Uh, it's better to get a void than a loss. But either way, point is time to move on to the actual semifinal previews. We're going to start off in Rotterdam, then we're going to move into Buenos Aires, then we'll move into 
uh, Delray Beach. Starting off with the early match in Rotterdam, you have arguably the best match on the entire card as Dimenauer is taking on Dimitrov. Dimenauer is a slight favor, about minus 137. Uh, Dimitrov's around plus 117. For the game spread, you have Dimenauer minus one at minus 111. Dimitrov plus one is minus 109. Over-under in games is between 22 and a half at minus 135, and 23 at minus 113. The under is minus 107 on the 23, and the under is plus 105 for the 22 and a half. For the actual set wagering, you can find the match to go to three sets at around plus 120, plus 125. And if you do want to take the actual set wagering in terms of 2 nothing, you can get Dimenauer to win 2 nothing at plus 190, and you can get Dimitrov to win 2 nothing at plus 260. Now, for the head-to-head, it has been a very competitive series between these two. As you're looking at Dimenauer up 3-2, but there was a walkover in one of them. So it is tied 2-2 in terms of fully completed matches. They faced off in Rotterdam last year. Dimitrov won in three with a final set breaker. Face-off in Montreal in 2022, Dimenauer did win 7-6, 7-5. Face-off in Antwerp in 2020, match went three sets. Dimenauer did win in three. And the face-off in the U.S. Open back in 2019, and Dimitrov did win in straight sets. Now, Dimenauer was in great form yesterday. He ended up beating Rublev in three. Uh, that was a very fun match. We had the over, but he ended up doing a good job of getting back on track after losing the second set as he got the job done in three Dimitrov had a bit of a war there against Shevchenko, which we thought might be a possibility, and he got the job done in three as well. I think Dimenauer, even though he did lose the last meeting uh, on this exact court last year, I do think he's in better form, and I do wonder about the fatigue with Dimitrov, who played a full event in Marseille, making it to the final, then making it to the semis here in Rotterdam, and he does have a match after playing for two hours against Shevchenko. Two hours is not that bad for a three-setter, though, so really not that much time on the court where Dimenauer had an absolute war against Rublev, but he has been coasting up to that point. I think it's pretty interesting that Dimenauer's favored, even though Dimitrov beat him in this exact venue last year. I think it's warranted, though. I think I am going to lean to Dimenauer to get the job done in the spot. I think he's looked like the slightly sharper player in this event, and going three sets against a top-ten player borderline top five player like Rublev is more impressive to me than going three sets against Shevchenko. And the fact that Dimitrov's older and he's played a lot of tennis recently does make me lean to Dimenauer to get the job done. I am going to lean to the over, though. I think you're going to see a longer match. I think it probably goes three. So I do think I'm going to look for some overs once again. Kind of a rinse and repeat uh, actual, uh, let's say, storyline to what I had for the Dimenauer-Rublev match yesterday, which was absolute chaos, a war, but I do think it's going to come down to the wire where Dimenauer is a decent shot of winning. I feel the same way. I am going to go with the over in this one at 22 and a half, and I am going to go with the actual games here. Yeah, Prophet, for better form, I meant to say in this actual event. I didn't mean in in terms of the entire 2024 year. Dimitrov's playing the best tennis he's played in a long time. I'm going to give him credit there. I mean, for this exact venue, it does seem like Dimenauer has been a little bit more comfortable, in my opinion, with the actual courts here in Rotterdam. I should have specified. But Dimenauer beat a top five, top ten player in the Friday match, a guy that has given him some problems, a guy that beat him in the Australian Open. Dimitrov has beaten Sonigo in straight sets, Fuksovic in straight sets, and beat Shevchenko in three. You can argue the form's pretty close, but beating Korda in straight sets, I know Korda's been a mess in 2024, but he's still a top 30 guy. Gulfen, I know he's past his prime. That was an easy win for him. And Rublev, I should have specified, I kind of meant this actual event 
in Rotterdam, not the entire 2024, but I am going to link to Dimenauer. If you want to take a spin with Dimitrov, I don't hate it. Once again, it should be a close match. I'm picking it to go three, but I do think Dimenauer is currently in slightly better form, and Dimitrov's older, off of a final in Marseille, no time off in between, and now he's in the semis again. If Dimenauer takes him into deep waters, I do question if Dimitrov, just stamina-wise, will be able to rise to the occasion. And I do think eventually Dimenauer is going to wear him down. So I am going to link to Dimenauer in three. But my favorite play here is the over at 22 and a half games. Moving on to the next match, we are going to look at Sinner taking on Greek Spore. Greek Spore has been the home country Cinderella guy who's had a couple of very intense matches, which he's won each of. Sinner's around minus 800 on the money line. Greek Spore is plus 575. For the game spread, Sinner minus 4.5 is plus 108. If you want to get Greek Spore plus 4.5, you can find that at minus 128. The over-under for games is 21.5. The over is minus 120. The under is even money. For the actual uh, set spread here, you can find Sinner minus 1.5 at minus 210 which is disgusting. Uh, Greek Spore plus one and a half sets is plus 170. Over two and a half sets is plus 225. Now, Sinner, I understand, is, in my opinion, the second best player in the world right now. I will still put Djokovic ahead of him. I know Sinner's beaten him three out of the last four. We can argue about that. I get it. I would probably put Sinner ahead of Alcaraz right now. I feel like that is a pretty fair breakdown, especially based on the results after Wimbledon. Alcaraz has been fine, but a little bit underwhelming ever since he won the Wimbledon final. And Sinner has, of course, won the Australian Open title. He's been in great form, especially on hardcore indoor. You can make an argument that Sinner is definitely the second best player in the world right now, or at least top two. Having said that, to go through the head-to-head here, Sinner has not exactly looked that dominant against Greek Spore in the past. Now, he is 2-0, but they faced off in Rotterdam last year. Sinner did win 7-5, 7-6. Very competitive. And they faced off in the Davis Cup last year. And the first set went to a breaker. And then Sinner did win the seconds at 6-1. So three of the four sets went to 7-5 or 7-6. And you're looking at Sinner in this event. Yes, I know he keeps winning. He has not looked that dominant. He went to a breaker against Rayonich, was pretty fortunate. Rayonich got injured. Sinner would have won the match anyway, if we're being real. But the point is, Rayonich was making it difficult for him. And Sinner did lose a set to Monfi. Now, Monfi is a two-time champion in Rotterdam, well past his prime. He was in good form, though, against Chapa. I'll give him credit for that. But the point is, Sinner has been a little bit vulnerable so far in this event. And Greek Spore is the home country advantage. He's been competitive against Sinner in the past. This line feels extremely disrespectful. I liked Rayonis yesterday, plus four and a half. Main argument was the serve will be the story. And I think Sinner is going to win, but not by margin. Four and a half is wild to me. I'm going to take the games here. I think four and a half is pretty generous. I could see a breaker. I could see a seven, five, maybe a pair of six, fours, but give me a couple of competitive sets. And I do think that Greek Spore is alive to maybe win a set. Is he going to? I'm going to lean no, but I do think Sinner is going to struggle at times in this match to break. So for me, I'm going to go with Sinner to win the match in straight sets. Probably there is no value on that at all. Give me Greek Sport plus four and a half, and I am going to link to the over at 21 and a half games. If you get one breaker, the over's in good shape because seven, six, six, three, you still win. That ends, that ends up landing at, at uh, 22. So for me, Give me the over and give me the underdog here, plus the four and a half, the same exact handicap I had for Ionich 
in the match against Center on Friday. Moving on to the next event, going to look at a matchup in Buenos Aires between Coria and Diaz Acosta, which is the most competitive match according to the odds makers, because the odds makers have no idea who the hell should be favored, because Coria is minus 111 and Diaz Acosta is minus 109. The over under is set at 22 games flat. If you want to do go for, if you want to go for the over two and a half sets, you can find that between plus 120 and plus 130. Corian straight sets is plus 200, and Diaz Acosta uh, straight sets is plus 245. The head-to-head's been close, as they have faced off three times in the past, and you're looking at Coria being up 2-1. Coria did actually beat Diaz Acosta in this exact same venue last year, as he beat Diaz Acosta 6-4, 6-4. Looking at the previous matchup, though, they faced off in Buenos Aires again in... Uh, last year as well in two separate events, and Diaz Acosta beat him 7-6-7-5, and they faced off in Ecuador back in 2022, and Coria did win that one in three sets. So based on the odds and based on the current form, Diaz Acosta's been really good, and I did give him out as a long shot in the previous event in Cordoba, which did not work out, but the point is I recognize how good he is, and I know that he's an up-and-comer on clay for the Argentinians. Having said that, I really can't go against Coria, you beat Baez in straight sets, and you beat Nori, who is the defending runner-up here. Coria's been great. Like, I have to at least point it out. Diaz Acosta's been good. He has not dropped a set. But comparing the level of competition, I think it's pretty obvious that Coria's beaten the better opponents here. The only concern was potential fatigue, because he made a deep run to the semis in Cordoba before losing to Bagnus. You thought maybe he might be a little bit tired in Buenos Aires, especially after the three-set marathon against Offner and Nori, and then he absolutely destroyed Baez. While Diaz Acosta, you're looking at his path, ended up beating Altmaier, good win, Sarandolo, who's been a catastrophe in 2024, and you have Lahovich, a good win, but Lahovich is an older guy, and you could argue that maybe he was just tired. I'm going to give Diaz Acosta credit, though. I'm not going to dismiss the win over Lahovich. That's a good win, but you can make that argument. I'm going to go Coria. In the spot, I just think with him winning the last meeting in this exact court last year, the fact that he's more experienced, the fact that he's beaten Nori and Baez in this venue, it's going to be close. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun, but I'm going to lean to the over and I'm going to lean to Coria. I think Coria just has a little bit too much consistency. Now, the lefty angle for Diaz Acosta, a lot of firepower, a lot of top spin. I do think it's going to be difficult for Coria, but if you're asking me who I think is going to win, what I think is a worthy coin flip price. I am going to lean to Coria based on the experience and the level of competition. I just think he's in slightly better form and that's good enough for me. I'm going to lean to Coria. If Diaz Acosta wins, I would not be shocked, but I am going to lean to Coria. Moving on to the next match, you have the biggest favorite on the card, the second biggest favorite. You have Alcaraz taking on Jari as Alcaraz is around minus 600 on the money line. Jari is around plus 400. The over-under is set at 21.5 games, and the set spread here, Alcaraz in straight sets is around minus 200, give or take. Now, Alcaraz is 2-0 in the head-to-head. Faced off in Wimbledon last year, Jari won a set but lost in four, and they faced off in Rio de Janeiro last year. First two sets were competitive, and Jari ended up losing the second set 7-5 and then got absolutely destroyed as Alcaraz won the third set via bagel. Now, Jari is pretty fortunate to be here, because while Ranko was serving it out for the match in the first round and ended up getting broken, Jari won a final set breaker, and then Echeverry was up a set and got injured. So you could argue Jari is fortunate to be here, but Alcaraz has looked good, not great. 
and the story for Alcaraz has been one really good set and one average at best set in each of the first two matches because his first round match against Ugo, a uh, challenger, uh, or I should say a qualifier, first set was 6-2, he was coasting, then gave away the break advantage when he was serving for the match and ended up uh, giving it back but breaking again to win 7-5 in that match against Ugo Carabelli. Then against Valvasori, he was arguably... I don't want to say the worst player in the first set. That was very, very close. That could have been 50-50 if you wanted to break down just the eye test of that first set. Then Vavasori got killed in the, in the breaker, and that carried over into the second set. I think Alcaraz is going to win. I'm not picking Jari. Do I think Jari can hang around, though? Sure. I think Jari can keep it interesting. Maybe he can make an argument for a breaker uh, because you, you did see the first two sets in Rio go to a 7-6 and a 5-7. So maybe you're looking at an over in this one at 21 and a half. I think Alcaraz wins, but he has not looked completely dominant like what I thought he would. He's still been winning, but still. I think Jari's good enough to make it interesting, but the unforced errors are going to be an issue. The serve is going to be the story for Jari. If the serve is going to be on point, then I do think he can make life difficult for Alcaraz to break initially. Eventually, he'll make some adjustments uh, with the serve, with the return position, with the uh, drop shots, with the lobs, which really was the story in the second set against Vavasori. The drop shots and the lobs were incredible in that second set for Alcaraz. But I do think Jari can make it interesting. Is he going to win? No, Alcaraz is going to win. But I do think you're looking at what can be a competitive match. I am an only to Jari plus the games. I am an only to the over 21 and a half but I do think Alcaraz probably wins in a competitive straight sets. Uh, moving on to uh, Delray, you have a couple of fun matches that are pretty close compared to the others uh, for the semifinals. Unlike the previous two tournaments, you have two matches that are pretty competitive as opposed to one. You have Tiafo being a slight dog against Paul as Paul is around minus 165 and Tiafo is around plus 145. The over-under in games is set at 23. Now, Paul has been good in the head-to-head -head recently against Tiafo. Tiafo is ahead 3-2, but Paul has won each of the last two meetings. Having said that, they faced off in Delray back in 2020, and Tiafo did win 7-5-7-6. That was four years ago. Does it matter? Probably not, but I'm going to mention it. Paul did beat Tiafo though, in 2022 in Adelaide, 6-2, 6-3, and he beat him in Stockholm in 2021 in three sets. If I'm not mistaken, I think Paul won that tournament, but I'm not sure if I'm right or not. Either way, point is, Paul has won the last two meetings. Tiafo's been good here, uh, did end up having a war against Albert, 7-6, 7-6, then beat Kaboli, 6-4, 6-2. Paul's been rolling. He's off a Dallas title. Ended up having a marathon match against Mickelson, which he won via final set tiebreak, and beat Thompson 6-4, 6-3. I think Tiafo's alive, but I do think I'm going to lean to Paul. Tiafo's a head case. I can't trust him, simply put. I do think that it's going to be a competitive match, though. I am going to lean to the over. I think you're looking at what should be a competitive match. Probably three sets, maybe a breaker in there with a 7-5. It could be a very close two meetings, or two sets, I mean. But I am going to lean to the over. Give me a close competitive battle, which I think Paul's going to win. If Tiafo wins, would I be shocked? No. But these odds feel right to me. You can argue maybe this line's a bit steep. Maybe Tiafo should be closer to plus 120, give or take. But I do think Paul should be a favorite. I'm going to lean to the over in sets and with the games. And I'm going to lean to Paul. I'm not betting it. I don't trust Tiafo enough just based on the history and just him being an absolute head case at times. 
So pass on Tiafo, but I think he can hang in there. Give me the over in this match. Moving on to the next match, you have Fritz taking on Giron. Giron is also off of a Dallas final as he ended up losing to Paul. So if Giron and Paul win, you have an exact rematch of the final in Dallas from last Sunday. But Fritz is a minus 250 favorite. Giron is plus 200. And the over-under is currently set at 22 and a half games. I forgot to mention, by the way, the Tiafo and Paul over two and a half sets is plus 120. For this Fritz match, going through the head-to-head against Giron, it has been kind of interesting because Fritz is 6-1 and one in the head-to-head. But... Uh, you're looking at Giron winning in Dallas la- uh, two years ago, and they faced off in Dallas again in 2023. Fritz won that one in three, and they faced off in Geneva on clay. Uh, Fritz did win that one in three. So if you're including clay, each of the last three meetings have gone to three sets. Now, Giron's been in good form off of Dallas. I thought he might be tired. Ended up beating Nava, 6-4, set, 7-6, uh, six, six, beat Manorino in three, and beat Kipson in Two, to be honest, facing Kipson in the quarterfinals, an absolute gift of a draw, but still a good win for Giro nonetheless. Fritz has been rolling, uh, beat Borges, who made a good run in Australia, uh, 7664, and they're beating Hitchikata, 6363. Fritz is the defending champion. I really can't go against them, but I think Giro can hang in there. Maybe a competitive straight sets once again. It's I don't want to say it's the exact same thing as the Tiafo and the Paul match, because I do think that Tiafo has a better chance to win a set than Giron does. But I think Giron can make it interesting. But I think for the sake of this matchup, I probably will lean the Fritz and straight sets, maybe a breaker in there if you want to bet the breaker in the match. But I think Giron's serve is not good enough, in my opinion. And I think you're probably looking at Fritz's serve dominating the match, in my opinion. So I am going to lean to Fritz. He's been in great form the entire year. He was in good form in Australia. Not as faulty. He ran up to his. He ran into his kryptonite in Djokovic, and even with that match, he played pretty well. But I like his overall form. Giron's been in good form as well. But I think Fritz is the better player. He's played like a top ten guy. I believe he officially rejoined the ATP top ten with his win against Hichikata on Friday, which means our boy Sitsipas is now officially out of the top ten. So Sitsipas is now eleven. Fritz is back to ten. Warranted, he's been in good form, and he also beats Tsitsipas in Australia. But give me Fritz to win in straight sets, maybe a 7-6-6-4 type of matchup. So the total feels about right, but I am going to lean to Fritz in straight sets to get the job done in what should be a very fun match, and I think the favorite is going to win. So that's going to wrap it up for the actual semifinal picks in Buenos Aires, in Delray, and in Rotterdam for Saturday. Now it is time for the actual lock and dog picks of the show, but before we continue that, kind of a quick word from our Sponsor. We're brought to you by the SGPN Daytona 500 Contest. Rub up those engines. NASCAR is back. Check out the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Rod and Cody have you covered for all things NASCAR and racing, from trucks to cup to IndyCar to F1. This show gives you the drivers to watch and the most profitable picks for the weekend of racing. Enter their free Daytona 500 Contest for a chance to win a $100 SGPN gift card and $100 cash. Go to sportscampodcast.com slash Daytona, sportscampodcast.com slash Daytona. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NBA, NHL, and college basketball simply higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You win 100 times more money with some spicy plays. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little money over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. Remember, when you sign up, use the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first positive to $100 on Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGP. 
ESPN. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger, betting smarter this NBA season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NBA and soccer by the historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary par optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet or in which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop back in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent Dedrum Parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the six semifinal matchups on Saturday in Buenos Aires, in Delray, and in Rotterdam. Now it is time for the actual lock and dog picks of the show. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go with pretty much the exact same play that we had for the Friday slate. We're going to take an over in the Dimenauer match. We're going to take the over 22.5 games in the Dimenauer and Dimitrov match at around minus 134. If you want to take the 23 flat, you can. I'm on the mood for a push. I am going to go with the 22.5. Each of the last three attend meetings have gone over this number. They faced off last year in Rotterdam. Match went to three sets and also landed 31. I think you're going to see a competitive match. Both guys stylistically should end up really choosing to have a lot of long rallies. We know Dimenauer's got the actual variety. Uh, Dimenauer's got the speed. You're looking at what should be a pretty even match, especially based on the head-to-head. And Dimitrov's been a bit of a tiebreaker magnet. I mentioned it for the last week, but Dimitrov's had at least one tiebreaker in six of his last eight matches. So you might end up seeing a 7-6-6-4 possibility, but I do think based on the head-to-head, with each of the last three going over, last year's meeting in this exact same event going to three, this line feels too short to me. Give me the over 22 and a half games as my lock. For my dog, I am going to go with an alt total, coincidentally in Rotterdam as well. It's going to be in the Sinner and Greek Spore match. I think Greek Spore is disrespected. I'm going to go with the over 22 and a half games once again at plus 116 in the Sinner and Greek Spore match. Face off last year in this exact event in Rotterdam. Sinner did a win. Uh, seven five seven six. The match did delay in 25. Sinner's been good and not great. Ended up going to a breaker against Rayonich and did drop a set to Munfi. So Sinner's been good but not dominant. And I do think that Greek Spore can do enough to force a breaker or two, maybe even win a set. But he's been in great form. And I do think he's being disrespected based on this number. And Greek Spore has been involved in a lot of tiebreakers recently and a lot of overs because each of Greek Spore's last five matches have gone over this number. And a crazy stat for you, 10 of Greek Spore's last 12 sets have gone to a tiebreak. 10 of 12 sets, which is wild. Those are Isner numbers. So Greek Spore's been a tiebreaker magnet, and Sinner has been good against Greek Spore, but not insanely dominant. Last year was 7-5-7-6. Give me a competitive match. Maybe it goes three, maybe it doesn't. But 22.5 at plus 116, you win on a 7-6-6-4. That's good enough for me. This line does feel like a good value play, and I'm going to take it as a result as my dog. So once again, my lock for the show, the lock, the my lock and dog picks of the show, the lock is going to be on Dimenauer and Dimitrov over 22 and a half games at minus 134. My dog will be on Sinner and Greek Spore over 22 and a half games at plus 116. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. We're back once again tomorrow to go through the final matches and Buenos Aires in Delray and in Rotterdam. Until then, though, find me on Twitter at Right Show Radio. Find me on the NBA show the NFL show, the WNBA show, the MLB show, I get the point. Until next time, though, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.